You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clean Sweep Podcast, which is Elite Sports New York's official Brooklyn Nets podcast. This is, of course, your host, Matt Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Small. How are you feeling today, man? I'm doing good. Getting ready to talk some Nets. I got to watch my Jets in a little bit. We're recording Sunday morning, so we'll we'll keep it to Nets right now. I don't I don't need to think about the Jets just yet. Yeah, we'll we'll save you the uh, the trouble yeah. today. I'll I'll help yeah. you out with that. Uh, we have a special guest today, Chip Murphy. How you doing today, man? I'm good, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Uh, congratulations on your first podcast, guys. Uh, it was great. I enjoyed listening to it. Uh, uh, not a lot of Nets content out there in the podcast world, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you guys did a great job. So really entertaining. Um, yeah, and it's good for ESMY to have a Nets podcast. I feel like we've needed one for a long time, and I don't know why we haven't had one. So uh, it's good for us to finally get one. Yeah, we appreciate any- it. Any uh, Nets content is always appreciated on ESNY, yeah. so mm-hmm. we got to go ahead. I was going to just say, for people who don't know, Chip and I actually host a Knicks podcast, so yes. for all of our Nets listeners, this probably won't matter to you, but Chip yeah. and I, <laughs> along with Matt Castillo, we host mm-hmm. Nick's State of Mind, which is ESNY's Knicks podcast. So a little, mm-hmm. little crossover here, but don't worry, Chip knows what he's talking about, he knows Nets, don't, don't hold him you know, don't don't go too hard on him, Nets fans. He's no. he's all right. He's good. I'm out. I'm not a Knicks fan. Yeah, I'm not a Knicks fan who only knows the Knicks and refuses to talk about anything other than the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we, I feel like we talk about the Nets all the time now. You know. Yeah, we do. Just kind of how how you know the, this off season they were so like entangled with one another. Yeah, we were talking fun. about the Houston Rockets a couple weeks ago. It was yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Anything to not talk about the Knicks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we talk about the Knicks enough. We, we, can, yeah, we, can, yeah. we can spend some time doing some other stuff. So, um, yeah, today we're going to get started, and I'll let Matt take it away. But we're going to get started yeah, with some, some awards talk. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt actually wrote a two-part series, uh, two articles on basically all the Nets, um, like who's most likely to win each award. Uh, it's really good stuff. I would say go to EliteSportsNY.com and check that out because um, Matt did a really good job with that. But I'll let Matt take it away now, and we'll get into some award stuff. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it was a fun column to write. I'm happy I didn't all do it in one because it would have been like 3,000 words. So splitting it up was definitely a good uh, good decision on my part. Um, the, what Basically, the thesis of it was is that I went over – uh, five awards I did not include Defensive Player of the Year because I didn't really think it was worth anybody's time because uh, I don't think the Nets will have a Defensive Player of the Year winner. Uh, I actually don't even know if they'll be a top 12 defense or anywhere close to it. But um, the awards I went over were Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year, um, Most Improved, Six Man, and MVP. 
So I'm going to start out with the one that came out today, which is going to be uh, MVP and six man or uh, MVP and most improved. Um, and uh, I, let's let's look at MVP because I've just been checking on betting sites and there's really odds for only MVP and rookie of the year, um, which I, it seems like the Nets are really only be con- in contention for MVP. Um, Kyrie Irving is a pick for me right now on the website that I'm on, oddshark, uh, oddshark.com. He is listed as plus 3,300 as uh, a winner for MVP. What do you think of that? Like, do you guys think that that is like something that you would hit if you were a betting man? I don't know if either of you are. Um, or is there other candidates that you think will be a little bit better of a pick or just it seems like there's a no-brainer this year? I'll start with you, Denny. Well, I don't like – it's tough. I don't think there's a, exactly a no-brainer out there. Yeah. Um, you know, Giannis, obviously, like Harden, it seems like he's in it every year. Curry yep. with, you know, no Thompson, no Durant. I think he'll get back in the mix. But – Plus thirty three hundred. So you lay a hundred dollar bet on Kyrie. That's three thousand three hundred bucks. You're winning on that. Yep. I think th- that's like really good odds because I mean, obviously we know Kyrie is an All NBA guard, and then he's joining a new system. Which, on one hand, you could say there are some drawbacks, like maybe he doesn't fit it exactly well. But on the other hand, Kenny Atkinson is like the point guard, like whisperer. Yep. I could see Kyrie. You know, this year he's the main guy. No Durant, which. You know, I know there's speculation now, but we'll just say no Durant for now. Kyrie's the man. I think laying just a few bucks on him is a good investment because we were talking about it before. There's guys like Doncic has better odds. You know, it's just it feels like Kyrie's a little low for me. I don't know if he's going to win it, but I think that's a that's a good bet to to kind of win some money. If you're if you're looking at like an outsider, I think Kyrie's right there with anybody. Chip, what do you think? Well, I think I know why the Kyrie odds are so high. Uh, it's because the gambling sites are not showing a lot of respect to the Nets. Yeah. Like, their they're over-under sites, their over-under are is like, last I looked on DraftKings, was it 41 and a half or something like that? Oh, really? It went down. I, I think it, it might have been even, it might have been higher. It might have been 42. Yeah. But no one really thinks they're going to finish with a, a better record than they did last year which is mind-boggling to me. But I'm not saying they're going to be a 50-win team or something because I think the East is going to be better than people think it is. But, yeah, I look, I would definitely place money on Kyrie to win MVP. I mean, I think he's underrated. I think his – I mean, I'm looking at uh, DraftKings right now, and I don't even see his name on the MVP odds. He's so low. Yeah, he's 50-1 to on DraftKings. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's, wow. he's below That's Carl crazy. Anthony Towns. Like, are you serious? <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns? He's below Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And Vic, uh, look, I love Victor Oladipo, but Victor Oladipo's coming off an ACL. When, and, uh, when's he going to be back? Is, is Oladipo going to be back for the start of the season? Or? They're thinking I January. Think so. I've heard January, yeah. December. Jan- how is he ahead of okay, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know no how sense. he's ahead of Kyrie then, but. That's a, yeah, it's a good point actually on the wins. I didn't think I didn't necessarily think about that. Yeah, Brooklyn oh no, the Brooklyn Nets win total one it's over under forty four and a half now. Okay. For Brooklyn. But still yeah, that's, like, I feel like other than other than Westbrook's triple double the first one, like you have to almost come in like second or third in right. you know, in your conference to be in that M V P conversation. 
Right. Which I think is possible, by the way. Like, if you look at I, how yeah, the East too. is going to shake out, I think that three through seven, like, what's basically between the Pacers, the Celtics, the Nets, the Heat, I think are going to be a lot better than people think. Mm-hmm, I've heard some magic buzz. Uh, Zach Lowe's all over the magic, <laughs> which is kind of funny to hear. Um, Chip and I are, are too. Uh, I, I like the magic. So's so Chip Murphy, sorry, Colin, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Colin, Colin, like the the lost episode of one of our Knicks things we did with Colin, who we'll have Colin on, uh, Colin uh, Lauren, we'll have him on, on the pod here at some point. Yeah, we had it. We had a spirited debate about the Orlando Magic. So when we do our season yeah. previews and everything, I'm looking forward to talking. Sounds about exhilarating. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so basically, these it's going to be three through seven, maybe even three through eight. Super competitive. I don't really see a clear favorite. You can make the case for any one of them. You can make the case against any one of them. So if Atkinson's Nets play better and the Kyrie Irving spot is just such a dramatic improvement over Russell, um, and they just really are basically injury-free, Karis LeVert is the guy that we saw in the playoffs, I don't think it's out of the question at all to see them as a potential three seed. It really Maybe it's like a 49-win team. It's nothing crazy. It's basically what the Celtics won last year. If that happens and he's by far and above better than pretty much anybody in the conference and the West is just a rock fight after night after night, essentially, it could definitely happen. Um, that was kind of the thesis of my article today was we I, with Kyrie, ever since he went to Boston, people have been waiting for that like James Harden like season from him. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's going to trigger that is that he just needs to take more threes. He attempted 6.5, I believe, last year. Harden's taking eight on a on a bad season, thirteen last year, which I don't think is going to be sustainable for someone like Kyrie. That just expends a lot of energy. But if he can get to like nine threes, maybe even ten threes a game, you're looking at him becoming a thirteen to or excuse me, a twenty three to twenty four point scorer to maybe twenty seven, twenty eight, and that just garners a lot of media attention. So the floor is his. I mean, I really think he could take control of this offense, and he's such a damn good shooter. You know, he's uh, over the last three seasons, he's shot 37% in pull-up situations and 44% off of catch-and-shoot situations. So um, the guy can score from anywhere in, in a league that th- favors three-pointers and in a system that favors three-pointers. That's a really big deal. So I like his odds. If you look farther down on the odds list, another name that pops up, maybe like Jimmy Butler, but that's asking a lot out of Jimmy. Um, I For some reason, I just believe in Kyrie a little bit more, maybe just because of that three-point shooting. Um, I also think Kyrie's team is a little bit better, so that helps. But outside of that, yeah, as as Chip said, some weird names on there. Carl Towns, uh, you know, Luka Doncic at sixteen hundred is just weird to me. Um, yeah, that's so a, that's so. that that one to me stinks of like so many people just jumped on and ha- are betting him early. So I don't yep. know. It, it, I don't see Luka winning an MVP. Yep. Sorry, no, sorry, Mavericks not fans yet. listening. No. It would be uh, yeah, unheard of. Eventually, maybe, but yeah, not not this year. In year, in year two, that would be like uh, when did LeBron win MVP the first year? What well, was like? Uh, it was. I want to say yeah, like um, year four, year five. Who's it? Derek. It probably the only the only like comparison would be Derek Rose, probably. He, yeah, yeah, he, he won when second, he was young. He was yeah. he was twenty one. I forget if that was his second or third year. Probably year three. That, yeah, because yeah, he came be in the, after that his would be the only, freshman uh, year. Was he? Was he? Yeah, he was year three, so even that would be like, yeah, I just don't, I don't see it happening. 
Yeah, it's pretty much of a long shot. Um, do, you, do either of you two have anything else to add on MVP? No, I think I think I if you're so. if if you if gun to my head, I go like Harden, Curry, Giannis. But other than that, I mean, I think it's pretty wide open. I think I think that's kind of kind of the feeling going into this year. Right. Um, let's move on. Uh, I I want to get into the over unders that you've created. Um, Danny, so what, what I'm thinking we do is, uh, I'm just going to, so thinking about coach of the year, executive of the year, six man of the year, most improved, is there any awards that stick out above the others? Just because we don't have odds for those, just to kind of quickly summarize over those, anything that you think that a specific net will be in the running for or has a really good chance. I'll start with you, Chip. Which one do you think would be the uh, most likely for the nets to come away with? Well, I think most improved, the guy you have to key on is Karis LeVert. I saw you – I'm looking at your article right now. Um, and LeVert is the guy who – I think not enough people are talking about him. I think he sets the Nets apart from like a 42-win season to maybe like a 50-win season. Yep. Because we don't really know where his ceiling is. Like is he a – 15 point a game guy is he a 20 22 point a game guy because if he can be that then the nets are a 50 win team in my opinion because then he's a superior player than jason tatum was last year and everyone thinks jason tatum is in the hall of fame already because he practiced with kobe bryant a couple times like which is bizarre to me um but yeah i think there's a very real i think he's going to be on like those bleacher report prediction lists mm-hmm. of most improved player for sure. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, well, I mean, I don't know who's going to, obviously Dinwiddie is going to be a pick for six man of the year. He almost had it last year, but who's going to st- uh, start at center like Allen or Jordan? Uh, I don't know if, if Jordan comes off the bench, I think he's going to have a, a huge year playing against backups so I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up six man of the year numbers. I think he's going to have a massive season hmm. playing with Kyrie. I mean, his best ball came playing with Chris Paul, right? So, right. and he and he looked good with Luca. He looked good with Luca. So I think playing with another great point guard, I like what DeAndre Jordan can do. Um, I don't know if he's if he starts, then obviously he's not going to be in the running for that, but. I think they should start Jared Allen. He's he's young. I, I think taking him out of the starting lineup doesn't really help him. So I like DJ for six man. I like Karis Levert for most improved. Um, and I really do think Kenny has a chance to win Coach of the Year this year. You know, he's really he's a media darling for sure. Mm. As much as as much as Sean Marks is, the media really loves Kenny too because he's great with right. the media. Um, right. And I like Kenny too. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that would be I I I think I would go with Dinwiddie over over Jordan for six man of the year yeah, probably, on my yeah. personal one. But I think like the one for me that I'm looking at is is Kenny Atkinson coach of the year because like really yeah. just said before if if they get to like that three seed they maybe like you know compete for the two seed even fifty plus wins you know they overachieve without Durant I think then people are gonna be like oh you know. I think last year Kenny Atkinson started getting some buzz as like, wow, this guy is actually a pretty good coach. If they take another step forward this year, I could see that like just continuing and pe- you know him getting that narrative boost 
because I think uh, a lot of these awards, it's narrative. You know, like mm-hmm. we we kind of talked before the show. We talked about Luca and Trey Young last year. Luca, you know, won in a landslide when Trey Young probably outplayed him for at least the second half of the year. So it's like sometimes these narratives build into this. You know, this almost it's almost the the other candidates can't overcome. So. I think that could be something that plays to Kenny Atkinson's benefit is just that media drive for him. But we'll see. I mean, like like we said, I think the Nets have like a lot of decent options for each each award. Um, I guess you know it just comes down to whether or not they they overachieve and hit that fifty win mark, or they're you know kind of like one of those six, seven, eight teams in the East. What's funny is that I think that the Coach of the Year and the MVP are going to be tied together for them. So if, because I was, I did a lot of, a lot of research on it, at least historically. And, uh, last time a coach wasn't on a three seated team was 2010, I believe. And I think it was Scott Brooks that year that the Thunder mm-hmm. were like a seven seed is with like 50 wins. So, um, it's obviously really hard to do that. Uh, especially with a team that's missing $35 million worth of talent in uh, Kevin Durant. So, um, that's something that I would keep an eye on is like if if they're going to get to like that three seed and cut kind of touch the 50 win threshold, it's going to be off a big Kyrie Irving season. So he'll be likely a top three MVP candidate and coach Kenny Atkinson will be in the running for coach of the year. So those two are kind of tied together for me. The The one that sticks out to me a lot is Dinwiddie for six man. Um, it's mostly because the field is kind of dissipated a little bit. Uh, Lou Williams, I think, will still be really good, but... He is a very high-usage, high-volume type of player. Now you have uh, Kawhi and Paul George who are going to be playing, I'd say, night to night. It's going to be kind of a balancing act for them and trying to figure out how to work all this talent together. So because of that, I think it's going to be harder for him to get his touches. And again, it's just he was basically the focal point of that offense, and now that's completely changing. I expect his points per game to go down. Some of the other people that were in the running last year, Sabonis is now a starter. Uh, mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell might have to be a starter. It just looks like the field is sort of giving away to Spencer Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie, meanwhile, is, might have the ball in his hands more this season just because their team is less deep. They're going to need him to chuck it <laughs> off the mm-hmm. bench. So I like that one a lot for them. Um, I think he's going to be in the running for six man of the year for a really long time, unless, of course, he gets traded somewhere and he becomes the starting point guard. But when you have Kyrie, he's the no-brainer starter. And uh, that might work out well for a Spencer Dinwiddie six-man of the year award. I, I have a feeling he's going to win it at some point, And I'm thinking, why not this year? Um, if he can just work on a couple things, get his three-pointers up to like maybe 34 35%, up from like 32 33 it's going to be a big year for him. So that's where I stand on it. And I think just to piggyback off what you're saying, I think – I don't want to get like saying he's motivated to win it. It's kind of like a, to me, like a cheesy thing for someone to say, but like, I'm, I'm saying it. He, I think he's going to be motivated after two years ago, you know, most improved. He felt slighted that he didn't get more votes last year. He didn't even come in top three Mm -hmm. of, you know, six man of the year. I think he felt slighted by that. So I think, you know, as cheesy of a thing as you know to say, as like a you know an analyst or whatever, you know, say, oh, he's really motivated this year. I th- I do think that's going to play a little bit of a part in it. He kind of, you know, he feels like he has something to prove. Right. Yeah, and I can't bet on most improved. Like I just or even pretend bet because it's just it's yeah. such <laughs> a crapshoot, honestly. Like 
Yeah, the winners. I mean, it's, it's that's yeah, that's that's a tough one to to look at. I mean, yeah. But I feel like no, you know, like would anyone have said Siakam last year? Maybe you know, maybe it's people in Toronto were thinking that. But I think like from like a national perspective, I don't know if that was if it's he like was a ninth a guy. man. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't think anyone bet him. I would be yeah. stunned if anyone probably had him. maybe maybe a couple people in Toronto. But yeah, that's the only that's the only way I could see it happening. Or Oladipo. See what was that a year before? Yeah, he oh, was like man. an albatross contract when they acquired him. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, "What are they and doing?" Then, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's a that's a tough award to predict. But uh, yeah, six man of the year is the one I'm sticking on. Um, speaking of odds, fake odds, real odds, fake odds in this case. Uh, Danny, you've come up with a very creative idea. You've uh, I'll let you talk about it actually a little bit, so because I'm yeah. worried I'm going to butcher it. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. No, I'm actually I'm I'm cribbing a little bit from we did something similar to this on Nick's State of Mind a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to go with over-unders, and I picked uh, all 15 guys on the roster uh, right now. Wow. Who, and I just took one stat from each of them. We're not going to, you know, we don't have to do every stat for every player. I just took, like, you know, assists per game or points per game, and, you know, I'll throw out the player, we'll keep track, and then at the end of the year we'll see if we came, if we came close or if we're idiots and we're just, like, way off on everything. So <laughs> um, I'll start here. I'm going to start with Karis LeVert. And this one actually was inspired by a Brooks column on Point Karis, on Karis LeVert becoming more of a facilitator. Yeah. Um, So I'll start with you, Matt. I'm going to go five assists per game over under. His career high, I want to say – hold on, I'm pulling it up. It's in the mid mid fours. Where is it? 4.2 is his career high assists. So we're saying five five assists per game – would be a career high. Over under. What do you got, Matt? Ooh. Oh, I know. I'm gonna like deliberate over these. <laughs> I can already feel yeah, it. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. I gotta be. I gotta be a uh, quick twitch with it. Um. All right. Let's. I'm. I'm gonna say five assists, man. That's kind of a lot. I'm going That's the under. Like four point two to five. Was four point two last year? Or was that four point two? Was two years ago. Last year he was uh, just under four. He was three point nine in the playoffs. I remember I just looked at these numbers. He was four point four. I think he's going to be closer to like mm-hmm. a four point five than a five. So I'm going the under on that. Chip, what do you got? I'm gonna take the under on that too. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to go into my Kyrie take because I think my Kyrie take. <laughs> I wanted to save it for talking about Kyrie, but it has to do with my Kyrie take and how good of a, how underrated of a passing year he had last year. Um, And I think he's going to be an even better passer this year. So I don't think Karis LeVert is necessarily going to have to be as much of a facilitator as people may think. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I don't. Again, I'm not going to go into Kyrie right now. We're talking about Karis LeVert right now. I was about to go off on a Kyrie tangent. Um, Karis LeVert under five assists. I think he's going to. I think they want him to be more of a scorer, and I think they should want him to be more of a scorer because he creates his own shot very well, and he averaged what 13.9, 13.7 last year. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to try and improve on that more so than being a facilitator. And I think he's the secondary ball handler to Kyrie, maybe in some cases. But like Matt just said, five assists is a lot of assists. Yeah. So I'm taking I'm taking the under. Uh, all right, Danny, what you got next? 
Okay, I'm going to go over on that one just because both of you went under and oh. I probably did <laughs> yeah. go a little high on it. Probably, I'd say probably if I went to 4.5 assists per game, that probably would have been a better number to go. But I'm going over just to be different. So nice. we're moving right. on to a guy that I almost I forgot he was on the Nets for like when I was looking at the, the roster here. David Nwaba. We're going to go... 65 games played over under. His career high is 70, which he got two years ago. He played 50, I want to say. Yeah, 51 with the Cavs last year. Over under 65 games played with the Nets this year. Is he just injury prone? I should probably know this. Is that, is that the uh, rip on him? No, I don't I, I don't think he got injured really last year so. that <laughs> much. I think he was just – he kind of – he went in and out of the rotation a little bit, I want to say. In in, um, uh, in Cleveland? In Cleveland. Yeah, in Yikes. Cleveland. Uh, um, actually, it looks like he was he was injured for a little bit. Okay. But, I, like, he played 70 games a year, a year before with Chicago. So, I don't think necessarily is like, a huge longevity issue. But this is also – this is one of the – this was one of the toughest ones for me to make just because – I'd say he's probably like on the list of nets. He's probably like lower on the the totem pole of like importance this year. Not anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, it's actually. Yeah, uh, is he going yeah. to be playing? Is he going to be playing a lot of four? I'm probably. I'm scared. Is I? He just strikes me I as the new that. Travion Graham, which means I'm going to write a column about him, and he's going to yeah. get cut at the end of the year. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, what was your number again? Yeah. 65. Oh, I'm banging the over. All right. I'm going over. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 68, 70. I think they're going to have to play him a lot at the beginning of the year. I don't look. The roadie thing, I have made a concerted effort to not talk about it as much as possible, not write about it. I I don't know when that's going to resolve itself. And the Wilson Chandler thing, they're going to be missing him for 25 games. Playing, right. playing David Nawaba at, at, uh, at, the, at the four screams Kenny mm-hmm. Atkinson. It just It is so Kenny. Yeah. Use him as like a cutter under the basket. He's kind of explosive as like a dunker and stuff. Um, I could see him. I mean, depending on how they run the offense, and it depends on uh, how good Kyrie is at recognizing cutters. But he could take a lot of those cuts from uh, from from Rody, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that, I'm 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 saying over. What you got, Chet? Yeah, I'm gonna say the over too. Uh, I'm looking at his B-ball reference page. And uh, it says that last year he's listed as a shooting guard primarily, but last year he played 72% of his minutes at the three. So he can play the four and 2% of his minutes at power forward. So whatever that means, but uh, he can obviously play the three. uh, And I remember like when he was playing, like uh, his best ball was at uh, Chicago a couple years ago. Like Mm -hmm. you were talking about when he was, uh, uh, played 70 games. Like, people were talking about how he was an underrated player and then Chicago just let him go, and then he went to Cleveland and he kind of faded out because he was in Cleveland. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he when he was in L.A. and he was in Chicago and he was in big markets, he was kind of an underrated Twitter hype guy. Oh, yeah. So I remember him, mm. yeah, I remember him being, uh, like, going viral a couple times and being talked about. Uh, I think he's like a versatile. I don't know, remember too much about him, but I think he's like kind of a, an up tempo transition guy, like a versatile defender. He's kind of known for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. And yeah, I think like Matt said, Kenny Atkinson is the guy who played Dante Cunningham at center. 
So I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, he really, that's one of the things I love, love about him. So I, I think David Nawaba at the three, at the four, whatever, wouldn't be surprised to see him at the five either. So I'd love, I think Kenny Atkinson would love David Nawaba. I'm taking, I'm definitely taking the over on 65, especially with Chandler out, especially with Chandler out. And now the roadie thing too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll I'll jump on the bandwagon with an over there as well. That was, he was a tough one for me. I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't exactly sure what to do, but that that works. The next guy, we're gonna go, and I'll I'm gonna take this one away with my pick first. But I'll go DeAndre Jordan, and I put 41 starts, which essentially means: Do you think Jordan mm-hmm. is gonna be the the regular starter, or do you think wow. Jared Allen? Oh. And I'm gonna say under because I think they're actually gonna end up sticking with Allen as the, the starting center, I think Jordan's going to be coming off the bench, um, which I don't, I still don't even know if, if I like that or not, because I think Jordan and Kyrie could be great together. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think, um, I forget when you guys mentioned it before. I think they want to keep Jared Allen as that starter and keep his development going. So I'm going to say under 41 starts for Deandre Jordan, AKA Jared Allen will be the, the regular starter at center. Uh, Chip, what do you think? Wow, this is a tough one. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Um, and I, because I, I think it's really up in the air about, because DJ's, he's not the player he once was, but he's still really good. Mm-hmm. And Allen's still developing. And I think, like, being a DJ type player in his prime is where they'd like him to be. Like, when DJ was making 70% of his mm-hmm. shots. Um,. And it's tough. Like Forty-one starts. Uh, I don't know. I think. I think I'm going to take the under too. I think I'm going to say that they stick with Allen. I think they definitely start the season with Allen as the starter, just because he's used to Kenny's system and everything. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if DJ gets some starts too. But. Yeah, I think that they want to stick with Allen. They want him to work. They don't want to bench him. So I think I'm going to take the under on that. All right, I'm going against the grain. Taking the over. Um, Jared Allen is a tricky player for me to figure out. Definitely. There is (laughs) a lot of ranging sentiments on how good he is now, where his development's going to take him. I, I'm trying to think about how they ran it last year, and like Kenny was definitely pro development, but at the end of the year he was bringing Karis LeVert off the bench because really he just wanted to win games, and Karis really wasn't playing well after that injury. Um, I, I worry a little bit with Jared Allen, and I hate to like bring this up because it is kind of like a little beaten into the ground with him, but there are questions about like how much he loves the game and how much he's looking to, I guess like involve himself in being all 100% basketball. There's a little bit of murmurs off about that. And um, I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but I do think that there are instances where he just looks kind of like not prepared for the moment. Like you saw that last year in the playoffs. If there's like stretches and you saw it at the end of the last month and a half of last season where Jerry was kind of unplayable in these big games in the toughest part of the schedule. Um, they were going night after night against Utah and Indiana and teams like that and Philadelphia. And it was like, 
he's getting owned during regular season games. So if they go through a stretch like that and he looks like he's behind development, whether it's because of physicality or even just mental toughness, I'm wondering if they're going to put DJ there and just kind of ride it out and sort of look to slowly work Jared Allen into the offense, into the defense, and make sure he's fully comfortable. Um, I don't. I understand that that Kenny Atkinson is a great developmental coach, but that doesn't mean development doesn't just mean throwing somebody into the starting lineup. It means making sure they're comfortable and building synergy with them. And um, it's worth mentioning that the point guard that he's played with more comes off the bench, and that might matter a little bit more for somebody like uh, like Jared Allen. So I don't know. I'm just tossing ideas out there, but I did want to go against the grain a little bit because we've been agreeing. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. No, that's and your reasoning was was you know spot on right there so i'll just i'll uh i'll go straight into jared allen's i have him 2.75 offensive rebounds per game his career high it was 2.4 last year then the year before he was 2.0 so maybe 2.75 is a little high but i'm thinking you know third year you take a little bit of a step that would be you know to me like an incremental step forward 2.75 because i think three was like a tough over under to set. Yeah. But I think 2.75, hopefully we'll get a little, little variation. Uh, and I'll start with you chip since I think we haven't started with you yet. What do you, what are you thinking? Yeah. 2.75 is a lot. Do you know how many guys had that had three offensive rebounds per game last year? I'm looking that uh, up right now. I'm looking at know. the per game. I know just off the top of my head. I know Ennis Cantor did cause I was I'm sure his basketball yeah. reference last year, but yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Who's this for? This Jared is for Allen. Allen. Uh, another Jared? Oh, this is for that was DJ. Um yeah, that was DJ okay. and now I just we're moving right into Jared Allen. Oh yeah. So 12 so okay, if you want to count Jokic's 2.9 and Vucevic's 2.8 or whatever. If you want to round mm-hmm. up from like the 2.5 So it's but, about 15 guys, 14? Yeah, yeah something 15. like that. No, yeah. I wouldn't count Tony Bradley though because he barely played, so it's less than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Marvin you know Bagley, good for him. All right, uh, I'm, I'm I'm changing on the fly. We're gonna go two point five. I think okay. that's a little bit that's a little bit more reasonable there. Um, two point five offensive rebounds per game. You know what? I'm gonna say over because I think there's gonna be I think the Nets are gonna take a lot of shots. Kyrie Irving takes a lot of shots, and there's gonna be. A lot of shots going up in general. The Nets, I assume the Nets are going to play fast. Um, they have a lot of athletes. Uh, so they're going to try and get up. And as Matt was saying earlier, they're not going to be very good defensively. So they're going to give up a lot of points. And if they're smart, I assume they're going to try and run off of makes too. Uh, and that's something that Kyrie likes to do. Kyrie will like to run a mm-hmm. one-man fast break at times. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities for offensive rebounds. You know, why do you think Andre Drummond always leads the league in offensive rebounds? Because his team stinks and they miss so many shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to say over two and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go over two. I was going to go over 2.75, so I'll, I'll go over 2.5. I think – like I, you know, I have him starting most of the year, so I think he'll have decent minutes. I think he'll he'll be able to reach that. Matt, what do you got? Oh, I'm cheating right now. I'm trying to look up. Well, I'm not cheating. I'm trying to do some research on this. I'm trying to figure out 
what um, like what his re- offensive rebounding percentage was because I know it was really good. Um, all right, I can't. I'm not going to look this up right now. I don't think it's going to happen for me. Clock's expiring. Two point five is a lot, and if I'm assuming that he's not going to be starting every single game, I think it's going to be really hard to like put that type of impact up. So I'm going to take the under. Um, what, what was his career high again? It was two point two. Two point two point four. His his uh, his career number is two point two. Last year he was two point four. Um, damn, that's tough because they it the the substitution for Ed Davis and DeAndre is probably going to be about the same with minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm going to act under the assumption that even if DeAndre is starting, he's not going to be cra- like playing crazy minutes. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I'll go the over. Let's let's give him. I'm I'm thinking he could get to two point five, two point six. Uh, one year stronger, one year better at knowing the angles. Um, I I yeah, he's. I remember looking at his offensive rebounding percentages, and they were very very good. Um, he's good at rebounding in traffic, especially when it's contested. He was up there with like the Enos Cantors and the Andre Drummonds, so that's a good sign for him. That's always been one of his strengths. So I'm gonna take the under or the over. Excuse me. Um, and I think they're going to be a great offensive rebounding team again this year, which will be exciting. All right, so we're all sticking on the over on that one. Yes. All right. Um, hold on. Let's do let's do a couple like quick quick ones here because uh, let's see, I, we have a few that I, I definitely want to get to, um, but let's do run through a couple quick ones. Garrett Temple, thirty five percent from three. He's a career. He's Ooh. about that number. He's about that number for his career. Um, he is, let's see, 35.3% for his career. And last year, in Memphis at least, he was 352 34% for the season. So 35% are over on Garrett Temple. Damn, that is tough. That is really tough. I'm going to start, uh, okay, so 35%. He shot, I believe, 39 in Sacramento two years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over because I'm just I'm all I've been writing a lot about their spacing at least their theorized spacing just that because they have a couple guys that can uh, you know Joe Harris Turin Prince uh, Kyrie Irving to a degree they can hit from the right corner if they slot him in the left corner they have excellent spacing and if, and he's a forty percent three point shooter from the left corner knowing Kenny Atkinson he's gonna get him the best looks possible. Um, He's going to be one of the many guys replacing the Jared Jared Allen, Rondé Hollis mm. Jefferson corner threes this year. So if I'm going all spacing, I'm going all Kenny Atkinson is a genius with the offense. Um, I'm I'm going to go over. I don't feel confident, but I'm going over. Chip, what do you got? I'm going to go slightly over too. Um, last year was his highest three point attempt rate since like his. Yeah, his second year in the league, he took a lot of threes last year. Uh, And uh, I think that playing in an offense, like Matt said, talking about the spacing, where he's going to get more open shots, especially even more open shots than he got in uh, Sacramento because they weren't very good. And last year in Memphis, I mean, they're notorious for having poor shooting. They always have, even when they were good. So... I think that's going to help him. I think playing with guys like Kyrie, that's really going to help him. Um, you know, I, I'm i going to say the over. I'm not going to say very 
much over. I'd say like maybe 36, 37 tops. Uh, I'm surprised he's only at 35% for his career. I would have thought higher because yeah. he's really, really known as a, a shooter. Right. And Everybody he's had some really good a, shooting years. Like a 3 and D type of guy, but he's really like, yeah. he's a good, not great shooter. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going under just yeah, like the he's yeah, like you said he's a good not great shooter. Um I think he definitely has a role on this team. I just he's not a guy I'm really thinking of like to be like a huge contributor for the Nets. Um like I think I don't know. He'll he'll be he'll be part of what they do and everything. I just I don't he's not one of the guys I have like a ton of faith going into this year. Hmm. Um so just for that reason I'm going to go under um, and then another one, this was, this was a tough one just cause there wasn't a lot of, uh, like wasn't, he didn't play in a ton of games last year. Um, John, uh, I always mess up his name. John and Musa, Zon, Donan. Oh, Zon, I don't even Zon? know. <laughs> Zon, is that how you pronounce it? I always mess it up. It's I'm, so bad. It's not my strength. Zon and Musa. Um, I'm saying, and I don't even know four rebounds per game. He averaged seven. I think in the G league last year. Um, so I don't know in terms of like minutes, how, what he's going to, what he's going to be getting this year. I think it might be tough for him to get on the court, but four rebounds per game. Um, and I guess I'll start. Uh, I'll go. I'm going to go over just because wow. I think he's, I think, I think he's like, like that. I think that's going to be his thing. Like with the nets is just being like a, like a big bodied guard. Um, who can kind of like flex to the two and the three, maybe even four a little bit if they need some help this year because I think they're going to be light at that position. And like I don't know, he was a really good rebounder in the G League last year. I know it's different in the NBA, but um, this was one of the tougher ones for me to set. But I'm going over. I don't want to over. I don't want to talk about it too long since it's uh, you know not one of the bigger names on the team. Yeah. But um, I like him. I think he's going to be good re- guard slash forward rebounder. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in. Uh, going under anything, Musa. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Seems like a really nice guy. Does a lot off the court. Um, not sure what the role is for him here. Yeah, that's I don't know. He's it, like this a, was it. He's a shooting specialist that shoots 34 percent from three in the G League. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm yeah, not I don't super this high was, on him. This, this was the yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of fun coming up with his over under. I'll be honest. <laughs> Chip, what do you what do you got? I don't want to dwell on this too long, but yeah, Danny, are we talking about the same guy who played thirty nine minutes last year in nine games? Yep. And is that all he played? Yeah, he didn't. He like yeah. barely wow. stepped on the floor. Wow. Dude, he had, okay. Dude, you're talking about over under four rebounds. The guy had five <laughs> rebounds total last year in the NBA. Yeah, no, that's I wasn't doing per game. I was doing four rebounds for the season. That was, oh okay, that was, okay. Then I'll take, no, I guess right. I'll take the over on that. So I think chips. I think chips and under for this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'm since I'm taking the L on that one, so I got to make up ground <laughs> elsewhere. Um. All right. Let's move to Nicholas Claxton. I'm saying 41 games played. I don't know. I don't know how much time he's gonna get because Ooh. I think he's gonna spend some time in the G League. Me too. 41 games played. That's that's where I'm going. I'll start with you, Matt. Oh, man. Uh, Musa questions are tough because the only film I've really digested of him are in Summer League, and I just I hate 
I hate making takes off Summer League. It's just one of my least favorite things. It's like watching mm-hmm. like a workout video of Carmelo Anthony or somebody like that. <laughs> just being like, all right. Cody well, Mello. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's basically the same equivalence. Um, 41 games is kind of a lot, especially for a rookie. I could see him being like at the end of the year they bring him up and he, you know, he plays 30 games at the very end. I'm assuming that they're just not going to get a power forward because they just never get a power forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I'm going to still say the under. I, I like I like the idea of him for sure, but uh, yeah, I, he's still so raw, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I don't have a huge take on him to be honest. But I'll, I'll take the under because of that. Chip, yeah, I'm going to take the under too. I mean, the only stuff I've seen of him I've watched. I never watched him in college because he played at Georgia, and I've only seen like highlight clips of him and like the strength weakness videos and his I mean his jumper just looks brutal so he has a lot of work to do he has a lot of work to do to be able to play in NBA games and uh, I think he'll spend most of the year in the G League uh, I think 41 games unless somebody gets hurt I don't see him getting Mm. too much time yeah I'll I'll go with you guys with the under on that one too that was yeah if if Jordan or Allen gets hurt he might hit that over, but it that's yeah, it's a tough call for the rookie. He was yeah, him and him and Musa were, were tough ones for me. Um next one we will go let's see. Um yeah, this is another this is like the other Theo Pinson, seventeen oh and a half seventeen and a half minutes <laughs> per game. That's I mean, I'm I'm going minutes per game because like that was about what Shabazz Napier played last year, and he was like, "Oh, that, I love Shabazz that, Napier." Me too. I I do too. But that was like that. He's like that third point guard kind of guy. Um. So for Theo Pinson, I'm gonna just say over, just because I think he'll be that that third guy when Kyrie, because he Kyrie's not gonna play 82 games. I think Pinson might get some minutes in those games. Um, Dinwiddie, you know, if he goes down at all, because he he gets hurt every once in a while. Um, I guess I'll go over for Pinson on that, but he was another tough one for me. Um, Chip, where, what do you got on him? That's a good point you bring up. I mean, are they going to do the load management thing with Kyrie? Could he play like 66 to 70 games? Mm, that would absolutely. be interesting. I think they yeah. absolutely will. Yeah. Um, but about Pinson, I mean, 17 minutes a game is a lot. I'll admit I don't know that much about him. i I only know what I've seen of him from the Nets games that I watch, and he wasn't really on the court very much. <laughs> I he had only one know... good game. I think he had one good game against the Knicks last year, and that was pretty yeah. much it. He's yeah, I remember that. And he's like the bench mob guy. I know that. Yes. He's, yep. like, yeah. he's that guy. Um, 17 minutes is a lot of minutes. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna t- So I'm going to take the under on that because I feel like the Nets have a lot of talent. Um, and he's going to have to compete with guys like, I mean, would he be competing with Torian Prince for minutes even? I mean, no, probably not. No. <laughs> I no, hope probably, not. No, Prince, right? Like, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, not. does, doesn't he play the three and the two? Like, uh, he, he, he plays a little, he plays mostly two, I think, but he plays like a little one, a little three. Like he's, he's kind of flexible in that. Oh, okay. which is I thought he was why a I, I didn't want to I didn't want to do games played for him just because, um, like I don't know how many games he's going to play, but I think in the games he will play, he'll see like decent minutes at least. Oh, like, so that's what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventeen okay. and a half minutes per game, like he, but he could play like forty games 
or 50, whatever, you know, Shabazz's number was last year. Because Shabazz didn't play in every game, but he got decent minutes when he did. I feel like just because Shabazz was so good in college, we all, like, there's so much respect for Shabazz. Yeah. Yeah. He went off in December. It was against the Hornets, (laughs) I think. Yep. I remember I wrote something about that. Yeah, Danny was was all Shabazz. He was great. I mean, he was, like, I loved him as that, like, third point guard. Just that role. Like, you don't need him every night, but, like, when you do, he's ready. Like, he's just, he's solid. Um, so Matt, seventeen and a half over under. I love that this is the uh, the Teo Pinson Musa podcast. This is not the twist yeah. I thought we'd be going. I'm, I'm, save, I'm saving. I'm saving the bigger guys for later. I might be um, even lower on Pinson than I am on Musa. Boy, I, have so I, not, think, I think I know. Not, I think I know where you're going there. He's like he's a he's like a slow slasher guard that can't really shoot. Like <laughs> he's, he's yeah. like a, I, I, I don't know, man. Like he's, his, I just don't know what he does well, to be honest with you. Like the, the times when he played, he just looked not even just overmatched, but just like, he looks like an end of the rotation guy that you see at the end of games. Like, it's just, he's a great, great bench presence. And I'm interested to see if they maintain that. I was hoping you do something mm. with celebrations. Like, how many new dances? Was, well, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought I was you thinking might like two and, a half, two and a half new dance moves over under. But like, I don't. Yeah. I, how do we even quantify that? Like, I don't know. Like, Irish was, Irish jigs per the, game. That was yeah. That was like the first thing that came to. It was actually that and the video of him looking up at Anthony Davis's stat line and going, "Damn." Yeah, like, yeah, Davis <laughs> yeah, had yeah. Like forty, twenty, like whatever. It was. He's so, hilarious. Those, yeah, those are the only He's two things hilarious. I thought of with Pinson. And, like, hey, Theo, if you're listening, like, sorry. Like, we, we like you. I just could it, it was hard for me to to figure out what to what to pick for you here. So, I think, all right, so Matt's going under on that. I'm going under, but I, I would like to say, like, he was one of the guys that I was the most excited about bringing back. Because I think it just, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times I think about basketball as just being a workplace. And that, like, having that guy at practice and at games that just brings that much charisma and, you know, is cheering for teammates, coming up with dances for each teammate, coming up with handshakes is like weirdly really, really important. Um, especially for a team that's going to be under a lot of scrutiny. It's going to be questions all year long about KD's health and Kyrie if he has flare-ups. I think it's really valuable to have that guy on the team. So when that signing happened, and Teo, if you are listening, I was like ecstatic about it. More so than even if they brought back like a Damari Carroll, because, which sounds crazy, but like I really do think that that stuff is valuable. Because, again, it is a workplace. These guys show up. When you have to show up, you know, 82 games, there are going to be days where maybe something happens off the court. You get in a fight with your wife or girlfriend or, you know, you had a bad game last game and it's kind of wearing on you a little bit. Like, having that dude that comes there with that much charisma is really important. So, I don't want to sound this like I'm taking away at all from Kit Pinson because... Yeah, and I agree. I want him to surprise me. Like, make me look stupid. Let's let's make it happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm with it. I'm I'm with it. So. Um, all right. So now we're kind of moving into, which I'm 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 leaving off Rody just because we really have no idea what's going on with yeah. his situation right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll leave him off like just you know for that reason. Mm-hmm. Now we are moving into the cream of the crop with one little bonus at the end. Um, so I'm gonna start. This one's a little different. Joe Harris made threes next year. 200 which would be a career high for him and last year he was at 183 okay cool so 
I am going to just, I'll start off with this one. Everyone knows this podcast was almost called the Joe Harris Appreciation Pod. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I'm going over on his made threes. And my reasoning is I don't think his percentage is going to be as high as it was last year. I think 47 is like a ridiculous number to try to match again. But I do think he's going to be like decent amount over 40%, like maybe 42, 43. And I think he's going to take another step forward in terms of, you know, how many he's taking. He took 5.1 per game last year. I think they're going to push that up to like maybe six, maybe 6.5. Cause I think with Kyrie, you know, taking so much attention off of him, I think Kenny's going to start getting, you know, continue to get Joe Harris, these good open looks. I think I'm going to go over just because I think Harris is going to play pretty much every game of the season. I don't think he's, he's not injury prone. He's not a load management guy. Um, and I think he's going to shoot pretty well. So I'm going over 200 threes. That would be 17 more than he hit last year. Um, let's move. I, I'll go, we'll go to Matt first since you're the the co-president of the Joe Harris Appreciation. Yes, <laughs> yes. Joe Harris. I don't know if Joe Harris is going to be happy with me. Um, 12 players hit 200 threes or more. Uh, Harden, Curry, Paul George, Buddy Heald, Walker, Clay Thompson, Reddick, that's a good one. Terrence Ross, Gordon, Eric Gordon, and Bradley Beal. Right below that was Danny Green at 198. It's not a lot of players. It's interesting to see Joe Harris at number 18 with 183 made. I'm still going to bang the under. Um, I think that the, what I like about this team, and it's definitely an advantage for Kenny, is that he's got way more guys that should be taking three-pointers this year with Prince, mm. Kyrie, eventually KD. It seems like he's going to come back a little earlier than people expected, and I hope that they use him a little bit more in a spot-up role and just kind of like have him operate on the low post to sort of get him acclimated instead of taking the ball in transition like he was in the finals Mm -hmm. for some reason. But uh, with all that said, I think that there's just a lot of guys that are going to need outside touches and touches in general. Um, So I'm going to probably take the under, and I worry a little bit, just a little bit, about the loss of D'Angelo just because so many of Joe Harris's looks came in transition, which you've detailed many times, Danny. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about that. I don't know who's going to be pushing it in transition. If it's Kyrie, he's going straight to the basket. If it's Levert, he's going straight to the basket. So mm-hmm. um, I'd be a little worried about that. I'm, I'm taking the under. And I, I do think he, I mean, it, you know, Joe Harris, he shoots above 48% no matter where he is, FIBA, NBA, three-point mm-hmm. contest. So if he's doing less than 200, I actually expect him to do similar numbers, maybe not as high as he did last year, but percentage-wise, I think he's going to be way up there. So that's what I got. Chip, where you at? Yeah, 200 is a lot, too. I was actually looking at the same thing Matt was looking at, at the three-point leaders. I got all 12 mm-hmm. here right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And those are <laughs> – those are some guys who get a lot of opportunities. Yep. I mean, James Harden took a thousand of them last year. Steph took eight hundred. Paul George seven fifty seven. Kemba seven thirty one. Uh, JJ six hundred. Clay six hundred. Um, those guys take a lot of threes. And Joe Harris took uh, three hundred eighty six. So you need to get a lot of opportunities to right. get two hundred threes. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think he's going to get those kind of opportunities and as Matt kind of alluded to there I think his opportunities may even shrink Mm -hmm. playing with uh, more three-point shooters than he's used to Um, 
And I'm not saying like that Kyrie's going to take like unnecessary shots or something, but now he's got to share the ball with more shooters than he's been used to last year and the year before that. And uh, he's still going to light it up, but two hundred threes is just a lot of threes. And like you look at a guy like a Terrence Ross on Orlando has two hundred threes. Who the hell else was making threes on Orlando last year? Um, Fournier. JJ Redick. Yeah, Fournier, <laughs> Fournier but Fournier is not the shooter. No, he's he's, he's not. He's more of a slasher than a three point yeah, shooter. But I can't I believe gotta, I just I can't believe I just took a shot at Orlando. Don't tell. Don't tell Colin yeah. that. Yeah. Don't tell Colin. Yeah. No, I just I had to I had to get some love in from my boy Fournier. Yeah. yeah. He loves Fournier. He's like my new he's my new favorite yeah. player this year, I yeah. think. Um yeah. so good. Good. I'm I'm the only one on Joe Harris Island right now, so I like it. I like it. Um yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one, but we'll see. I I never doubt Joe Harris. Uh let's go. Torian Prince, uh kind of a boring one I picked here, but 14 points per game um, last year. Last year, let me see. Is he 13-9, I believe? Yeah, he was was, uh, 13-5 last year and 14-1 the year before. Um, So basically, 14 points per game. Is he going to have kind of like that career high scoring year this year? Uh, Chip, why don't we start with you for for Prince? Yeah, I'm going to say the over for sure. Yeah, he he averaged 14.1 two years ago and he only took 11.9 shots i think he's going to take more shots uh this year uh you know he's averaged 4.5 threes for his career 38 percent from the field i think he'll take even more threes uh this year um yeah i think that i think he's going to get you know is he going to be the fourth option behind Dinwiddie I don't know it'll depend I guess who's hot and who's not because Dinwiddie can be streaky but I think he's going to get more opportunities than he did in Atlanta because I know Trey Young kind of tended to just be the dominant presence there but uh, I'm going to say the over because he's already done it before and 13 and a half last year he was close to that too and I think, you know, he didn't get too many shots in Atlanta. I think he's going to get more shots in Brooklyn than he did there. Yeah, he kind of played his way out of the rotation, or the rotation played him out, essentially. Um, yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. I think I'm going to take the over. Um, he's going to be weirdly really important for them, just because he's really their only guy that can play four until KD comes back. Mm-hmm. So... Because he's going to be filling that void more so than somebody like Nawaba, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. who we've already talked about, I'd assume that he's going to he's going to put over fourteen. I actually think that fourteen, maybe fourteen point one, is really where he's going to be sitting. But uh, yeah, as Chip said, expect him to take a lot of threes. I don't know what he if he's like the long term answer for them. I actually am not sure what they're going to do about him next summer because he's a restricted free agent. Um, he's got holes in his game, but I think early on, Kenny's going to want to give it a shot just because in that big trade package, he was the one thing they got back. Sorry. That's our, our other host. Yep. <laughs> Had to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'll, I'll go over to, um, it's, I, I don't think it's going to be over by much if he does hit it, but you know, just piggybacking off you, Matt, like, I think he's really one of their only legitimate options at the four. So I think he'll he'll see some big minutes. Um, I think if he does get over, it'll be like 14 and a half. 
maybe 15. Like, I, I don't think it'll be much higher than 15 if he does get it. Um, but I'll, I'll ride the bandwagon and go with the over um, for Prince as well. All right, so now we have, looks like we've got a few left here. Um, I obviously left some of the big big ones for last. We'll go Spencer Dinwiddie. This one, I did a combo kind of because um, I didn't want to limit him to one stat necessarily. Um, I said 15 points per game is the first part, which he's he did that last year. He had 16.8. Yep. And then the second part of that would be over five and a half assists per game um, because the last I'm looking at the last two years in 2017-18. 12.6 points, 6.6 assists per game. Then last year, 16.8 points, 4.6 assists per game. So it was kind of like he did a little more scoring, but it hurt his assist numbers a little bit. I think is he going to you know, kind of even that out, um, which 15 points uh, – no, I'm sorry, I said – but yeah, 15 points and then 5.5 assists per game. I think I'm going to say over on it because like we were talking about in the sixth man of the year, that combo – I think Dinwiddie's going to have a big role in the team this year, even if he, you know he's coming off the bench. Um, I think he's going to be one of their primary scorers off the bench, so I think he'll eat there. And then I think with the assists, I think he'll he'll have whoever the this, the backup center is. I think he'll have a good um, chem, he'll have, he'll develop chemistry with Jordan Allen, whoever it may be. So I think I think he's going to have a big year this year in terms of scoring and assists. Um, but. I'm probably a little higher on Dinwiddie than most people are, just in general. Um, so I'm going over on that. Um, what about you, Chip? Are people not high on Dinwiddie? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if a, like I oh, know Brooklyn, like Brooklyn Nets people are high on Dinwiddie, but I don't know like the national. I, I mean, maybe I'm just wrong, but I feel like you don't, you don't hear much about him. Like there wasn't a whole lot of like national conversation, like with him missing. Um, you know, the top three and six man of the year. I feel like there wasn't like a whole ton of people saying like, man, that's crazy outside of, you know, our little New York bubble. Yeah, I guess you're right about it. But I mean, nobody, the national media never gives any respect towards the Knicks or the Nets. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they all like Stephen A. Smith, the ESPN people, those, all those people, they don't want to show any respect. Except Stephen A. has been uh, saying a lot of good things about the Nets recently. But I, I don't know. I, I thought Spencer Dinwiddie was getting some love there. But I, I kind of remember when Karis LeVert went on the jump. I think they were talking up mm-hmm. Dinwiddie. But uh, I could be wrong. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I think I'm going to take the under on the assists. You said five and a half, right? Yeah, five and a half. Yeah, five and a half on the assists. See, that's I'm gonna take the under on that because I think he's gonna have a big scoring year. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm taking you, the over since, on the points. Yeah. Okay, so since we're kind of packaging this, I'm gonna put you as an under because I'm saying like you have to hit both of the overs. Uh, oh, one. Oh. You know, like you have to hit both of the overs. One of the under makes you an under. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I get it. Then I there's a word for that. Way. What is that in gambling? Uh. I'm going to forget this. There's a word for it, uh, though. If you bet two overs, you automatically lose. Par- oh, when you par- parlay. Yeah, 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 parlay. Okay. There so we go. Parlay? Yeah, this oh, is a parlay. Oh, this, yeah. this is a parlay we're doing? A parlay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little meta with our gambling. <laughs> <laughs> High stakes right. fake gambling right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. All right. And if 
All right. In that case, Matt, what do you got? 15 points, five and a half assists. All right. Well, if we're doing high-stakes fake gambling, I'm betting the house. I'm betting it all. uh, (laughs) All right. uh, I'm going the over. I've always been kind of more pro-Dinwiddie than I even think. Like, Nets fans are funny with Dinwiddie. He doesn't get a ton of chatter at all. Like, it's not even national media because I just – I don't know. He's he's a weird – he, I think it's because he's streaky. It kind of frustrates people, and you don't really know what you're going to get from him night to night. I'm really pro Dinwiddie to a fault. I think I was <laughs> early on in the last season, I was more pro Dinwiddie for the starting point guard than for D'Angelo for the first two months because people forget how bad D'Angelo was. I think I, I think I was with you on oh that. He God. was horrible early on in the season. And I was like, dude, can we just, like, let's just roll Dinwiddie out. Like, he's like a average starting point guard, like, this is not doing anybody any good. Like it's, it, he's a free agent next summer. Uh, D'Angelo, well, they both were, but so I've been always a little bit more pro Dinwiddie. I'm staying in the same lane. I think there's tons of opportunity for him. Uh, there's going to be a lot of games that he's going to be starting. He was once upon a time the assist to turnover darling amidst the mm-hmm. league. He finished second two years ago. So I think he can get the assists up. I. If I'm going with the all uh, six man of the year campaign for Dinwiddie, I've got to say he's going to put up like 19 and six, 18 and six. So that's where I'm at with him. I'm going all in. All right. I'm all Dinwiddie all right. this, this year, like even it. more so than Joe Harris. Ooh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, but. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we'll we'll get to that as the season goes on. I'm sure <laughs> we're both pretty high on both those guys. We're so. just going to replay that no, clip. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so I have three left here. Let's start. Okay, we'll start with Kyrie. Um, we kind of got into this a little bit on the MVP stuff, but 25 points per game. His career high is 25.2 that he got in his last year with Cleveland, um, and then he was 24.4 and 23.8 in his two seasons with um, with the Celtics. 25, Kyrie, what do you think, Matt? Um. As I said, it's weird that he doesn't shoot that many threes. Uh, I was looking actually when we were doing the top 200 or the guys that have hit over 200 threes. He was way below like Blake Griffin at 175, I think, in terms of made threes last year. It's not going to be like that in Kenny's system. Um, that that team has been top five in three-pointers for ever since he took over. They were number two two years ago. They were number four last year. And I think they were number three during his first year. With all that said, the guy that he's replacing, D'Angelo Russell, I believe was number 10 on that list. I have a pretty good memory for numbers, but I need to double check mm-hmm. that when we get off. He was up so, there, yeah. Um, with all that said, I I think that's a pretty easy one for me. Um, you know, it's it's all just going to come down to how many threes he's taking. And I want to see him draw a few more fouls this year. I thought it was weird that he only took 3.7 free throw shots last year. That might pertain to him sort of trying to keep his body in a in good condition mm. so um but yeah so that's what I'm, I'm saying over i'm gonna say over 25 if he's hitting one or two more threes per game it's won't be, really be an issue chip yeah zach Lowe talks about that all the time how Kyrie draws so few free throws it's funny because I mean, they replaced russell who was historically mm, low yeah. at it and they got somebody who's yeah. slightly better <laughs> yeah, yeah irving's better weird. than russell but not by a ton it's yeah. hilarious yeah to me. It's very strange that a guy who's just one of the greatest players ever at getting to the rim and scoring at the rim mm. is just historically bad at getting to the free throw line. And Do you mind if I, I cut think, in 
real quick. Oh yeah, go ahead. It's man. because he's so damn good at being evasive. Like he just yeah. is able to like contort his his body around players and do these crazy up and unders. And weirdly, it's a disadvantage if you're going for stuff like and ones and stuff like that. It's kind of a funny part of his game. So, yeah, I think that's part of it that it's almost impossible to draw contact when guys can't get a hold of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I'm I'm with you. I'm definitely going the over on 25 points. I think he's having a massive year. I think he's gonna have a fu middle finger year. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the man. Like mm-hmm. it's. Yeah, I, I chose where I want to be finally. This is my team. It's my year. I'm doing it. I think he's having a huge year. So I, I'm going the over 25 for sure. Yeah, I'll make it I'll make it a clean sweep on that over because yeah, like we I mean we got into it with MVP stuff. Like we all I think we all think he's gonna have a big year, like big, you know, like you said, Chip, F you mm-hmm. to, you know, Boston and yeah. Cleveland and everybody. And then plus, you know, Matt, you brought up threes. I think that's a huge point. And then, you know, I brought up earlier, Kenny Atkinson is this point guard guru. Like, every time he gets a point guard, they get better. So I think I think that, you know, with all that said, I think Kyrie over 25 is, is an easy call for us. But, hey, we'll see. Um, all right, so I got two more. I'm going to save the big guy for last. We'll go with Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. December, December 15th. That's the day he's off of his suspension. Is he still on the team? And this is kind of a a little bonus. Does that mean Carmelo Anthony <laughs> is on the Nets and he took Wilson Chandler's spot? So this is basically is is uh, December 15th is the number, I guess, or date, whatever you want to call it. But is, this is going to be, is Carmelo going to take Wilson Chandler's spot? I thought you were going to say, is he still on PEDs by December 15th? <laughs> I, would, I would hope not, because then they definitely will need to, need to figure something out. But uh, 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 let's start. Uh, Chip, well, I'll let you take it away since, since you're our, our Nick's mellow guy. Oh, man. God, I, I hope so for his sake. He, he deserves a team. But I, I feel like if they were going to do it, they already would have done it. That's how I feel. The same way about the Lakers. If they were going to well, do part it. part of it, just to cut in a little bit, yeah. part of it is they, they get that extra roster spot. Yeah. And, the, like, the fifth game. And at least for me, like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to say yet. But, like, if they pick up Melo when they have that extra roster spot and he's good, that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking. Like, if Melo's, like, great off the bench, you know, fills a role, will they decide, you know what, let's just cut bait from, you know, Chandler's whatever it is, I think like $2 million, um, will they cut bait from him there? But uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Ch- so, Chip, you, you're saying, I, I have you down for a hope so right now. I definitely hope so that they sign Melo. The fact that Melo's friends on the team keep putting out there mm-hmm. through the media that they want him there, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's encouraging. But... Sean Marks is obviously resistant towards the idea because if he wasn't, then he would have already signed him. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I just don't see it. But I'm hopeful, but I'd be surprised. I really would. Uh, I think there's a better chance that Melo goes to, like, a a smaller team and a team where he isn't going to be in the spotlight because I think that, a team like the Nets with playoff aspirations, they, as much as it 
pains me to say this, they don't want the distraction of Mello and the constant questions of, is Mello happy in your system? Is Mello happy on your franchise? Mm-hmm. Is Mello happy with his role? Blah, blah, blah. Like, Mello was, oh, Mello didn't play in the fourth quarter tonight. Uh, uh, Mello, uh, did you and Mello talk about that beforehand, that he wouldn't be playing in the fourth quarter? Like, it's it's a risk to sign him. And I'm not sure if the Nets are going to want to deal with that when they already have so much to deal with yes. <laughs> this, this season. Yes. Yeah, I think the roadie thing kind of hurt Mellow in a way. Just because they're already going to be dealing with two stars that don't love the media. I think that's probably the best way to put that. Uh, yeah. Chandler's suspension and then the Rodians Kurks thing that happened literally a week after. So, um, I'm, I'm still not sure where I stand on the Mellow thing. The one thing I will say is it's really strange that the players keep leaking that stuff to the media about wanting him. I don't know if that is a sign that there's friction between the players and Sean Marks or if we're all just getting slowly prepared for him to sign there. I haven't decided which side of the fence I'm on with that. It could be one or the other. But um, I I think regardless of what happens, um, if if they do, even if they do sign Mello, um, I just, I have a feeling that it's not going to work out, sadly. I don't know. I just, I'm not super high on the idea. I've kind of been in the camp of like, okay, well, let's just sign him and get this over with so we can stop talking about <laughs> this. And yeah. Have it not work out. So I think by the end of the 25 games, I have a feeling that they signed Wilson Chandler in the first place because they saw something in him or they saw a role for him. I, I just have a feeling that he's going to be there by the end of the 25 games. So yeah, if, if I guess I'm taking the over, right? Uh, Yeah, you're saying, yeah, over. Oh, whatever. I, I don't even know how to whatever. categorize this one. You're saying Wilson Chandler is not going to be replaced yes. by Carmelo Anthony. Yes, that's, yes. I think that's better than the December 15th number. Will he be replaced by Carmelo Anthony? Yes. Um, and I am going to go against the grain just for the simple fact that we were talking about like David Nwaba like, having to play like big minutes at the four before, which I, I, the Nets are just in trouble at that four, and I don't see many options other than – mellow to fill that now so i'm gonna say yes mellow's on the team and obviously there are tons of other factors so i'll probably be wrong about this but i think mellow's gonna be on the team and they're gonna cut bait with chandler but like i said there's so much that can happen between now and then i'm probably gonna be wrong about that but want to be a little different um so that leads us into our final guy kevin durant how can you do an over-under if he's probably going to miss the season, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now, we talked about it before. Like, Brian Lewis of the New York Post had a report. There's some speculation that Durant might return this season. So that's that's it. There's no no date, no nothing on it. Do you think Kevin Durant will return this season? And essentially that means, you know, we think, I think the three of us can agree, we would predict the Nets to make the playoffs. Do you think he's going to be in the in the roster or on the roster in the lineup for a playoff? Oh yeah, I think so. You, th- you think he's going to be back? Yeah, hundred percent. I I think he comes back by like March, maybe even February. I I don't really. Okay, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, it all just yeah. I don't know. I I just don't want to make the injury worse. I think there's certain ways to work him back into the offense, and I hope that they don't just say hey. Here's the ball every single time you get the 
every time we go down the floor and we're going to pump your usage up to like 30%. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope they don't do that. Um, I think there's ways to make it work, run everything through Kyrie. Let this be the year of Kyrie. Weirdly, if he's in the MVP race, it'll actually really help to rant. If that makes sense, because Mm -hmm. there's a narrative behind that. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's all about making, especially Kyrie comfortable in year one. Um, and I think that Durant, because they're close, he'll understand that. So, yeah, I, I think he'll absolutely be there. Um, I don't know. I don't think we're really going to get prime or even even close to prime Durant in year one. You'll probably see that more in year two. But I do think he'll step on the floor, and I think he'll play some minutes. So, Chip? No, I don't think we're going to see him at all. <laughs> I think he... I don't think he'll play a single minute his first year. Um, I mean, the Achilles, it was brutal, right? Like, I'm sorry, I just got distracted by the Jets and the Patriots for two seconds. Uh, what a disaster. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> oh, <God>. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not going to play. The you look at like previous players like Leonard shut him, Kawhi Leonard shut himself down for a year. Uh, after the Isaiah Thomas thing in Boston player decided to smarten up and just say like, if there's something wrong with us, we're going to shut ourselves down. I think cause you know, Isaiah cost himself so much money in Boston. And mm-hmm. I think KD realizes, you know, he's 30 years old now. Uh, he just signed for a bunch of money, but he also took a pay cut when he didn't go back to golden state and he's has something to prove, you know, he went to the, the nets, he left the greatest team of all time. And, uh, he has a, I don't know if he cares about his legacy, but he has something to prove. I think he wants to at least compete for a championship with Kyrie. And he doesn't want to hurt his chances at doing that by come coming back too soon. And I think sitting out the year and then going in on year two would be beneficial to that. Uh, and if I'm the Nets, I, I'm not sure I would want him to come back. I mean, that was a gruesome injury. I I want him to take the full year off and do what. Well, I'm not sure if the Spurs were happy with what Kawhi Leonard did, but I <laughs> what <laughs> would do what Kawhi Leonard did and look what look what happened with Kawhi Leonard when he took the year off, right? I mean, came back stronger than ever. So yeah, I'd I if I were him, I'd take the year off and come back and you know like Matt said he's not going to be the same player if he comes back anyway so and he may not even if he takes the year off he may not be a top five player when he comes back anyway but he's he's still going to be an elite guy uh in the league and if he's there with Kyrie the Nets are still going to have two top 15 top 10 players so I'd wait if I were the Nets I'd say look let's take it slow we have the potential for something special here. Let's not try and screw it up. Yeah. Uh, this one was a tough one. And, like, I don't know. I think Durant is, like, super, super competitive. So I think he'll do everything in his power to come back, especially if they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. I think he'll think, like, oh, you know, if I come back, get in the playoffs, we have a chance to win it all, like, this year immediately. I think there's, like, definitely some truth to or some I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think that's a possibility. I think like Durant pushing himself to get back is a definite possibility. But I just spent like all all of last season like 
and I know different injuries, different players, different circumstances, spent all of last season waiting for Chris Stapps Porzingis to come back or, like, make any kind of progress, like, where he'd be on the court. And there was, like, you know, a million different reports, like, oh, you know, he the, the Knicks want to hold him out. Then the report's like, oh, Chris Stapps was running and this and that. Like, I think I just had fatigue from being on Chris Stapps' watch for, you know, until January last year with the Knicks. I, I'm going to say no for Durant just because I think big injuries, like tough injuries, like Chip's saying, these guys, they, they realize sometimes it's just rushing yourself back can hurt you in the long run. And I think they're going to, the Nets and Durant will eventually come to the conclusion that like risking it for one year is not beneficial to the other three years. But like I said, Durant is a different animal. All he wants to do is just get on the court and play. So I could really see that one going either way, especially with all the speculation coming on now. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all we have. That's the over-unders and a couple little bonus different different questions there. But I think, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of uh, – I think we, we agreed on a few, but there's, there's some variation here. And I know, at least from my perspective, uh, some of them weren't the best over-unders in the world. But I think we did a pretty good uh, – pretty good job looking at the nets and forecasting how they're going to be last year i still think joe harris is my one he's going to be over that's i'm looking at these numbers now i'm i i can't get off joe harris island at this point <laughs> i went against him the yeah, whole thesis I, I, of this you know, podcast I, I i think i think i put that number so high just so i would get you to go against him <laughs> and then I, I could assert my joe harris love like say i i love joe harris more than anyone else so um yeah any any final thoughts from you guys on on uh any of the over-unders anything you want to circle back to quick i don't i don't think i have anything we could do uh the random shout out since we did that last week oh yeah yeah yep. yeah putting you on the spot again I yeah i forgot chip we just uh, basically how it works i don't I, I you said you heard the whole episode but i did uh, yeah. just as as a review, what we do is we do we call it random shoutouts. I actually got this from my first podcast that I started doing, um, where we shout out something not basketball related because I think it's what a lot of us do to a, to a fault almost is only talk yeah. about basketball. So it's nice to talk about real life things and acknowledge that we have lives outside yeah. of basketball. So I'll let you, uh, I'll let Danny go first. I'll give you a second. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. I completely forgot about this. I know. <laughs> I'm going to say, just because I was looking at, like, Snapchats before, nice. um, my brother and his fiance just got a dog. So I was, I actually was puppy sitting a few weeks ago. And it's only, like, I want to say, like, six weeks old at this point. So, like, it's a it's a puppy. Yeah. puppy. It's young. But uh, it's uh, it's just a I – have, I haven't had a dog since I was a little kid. It's, a, it's just a really, like, nice, sweet dog poops everywhere and pees everywhere mm-hmm. so that wasn't fun <laughs> puppy sitting it then but uh but no nah, dogs dogs are awesome everybody loves dogs puppy sit like taking care of a puppy is a lot of work yeah i was and i was i was like working over the weekend too so yeah. it was like it was it was definitely uh a hurdle like i'd take my I'd t- yeah i'd take my eyes off of the dog for like two seconds and then all of a sudden like, i got look and it's like peeing somewhere on the yeah. road or something. <laughs> I, the actually the saving grace was just like since it's such a little puppy it slept so much like it you could just like put it on your lap and it would fall asleep instantly so I, that i just would try and make it sleep all the time yeah. if i had to do something yeah. or cook food so yeah that's my that's my shout out cubby the my my brother's little dog nice it's a good one very wholesome 
Yeah, everybody likes dogs. <laughs> Chip, do you still need more time? Uh, no, I think I got one. All right. Uh, I think we're we're just talking about like our own personal lives. Is that basically yeah. what we're doing here? Yeah. 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 All right. I like that because I pretty much do talk. My entire Twitter is basketball or whatever mm-hmm. I watched on Netflix recently. So <laughs> I do. I do like that. Um. So I guess I yesterday actually I saw because I obsessed with basketball and netflix and all i do is stay in and i never go out so i finally saw some of my friends yesterday went out and i saw that uh seth rogan movie uh you know uh Um, the good boys oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it's so damn funny oh my god it's uh yeah yeah it's just like uh uh super bad super bad yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like super bad but with little kids Oh my god, it's so freaking funny. I love it. I hadn't been to the movies in forever too. And we went to like one of those theaters where you sit down and like you eat at your seat and you have like a mm. tray and everything and like burgers and you can like there's alcohol oh, nice. and stuff too. Yep. Oh, it's it's so cool. So cool. And uh I so we saw that. I still got to see uh did you guys see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, it's on the list. I haven't yet. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta see that one still. That's the one because I love Tarantino. I heard my friend mm. told me it's his best one, or he huh. thinks it's his really? best I, one. Good yeah. cast. I've I've heard anything from like best one to like it was eh to like yeah. it was awful. Yeah, like, I've heard like so many different things on the spectrum. I w- I do want to see it for myself. Yeah, some people have said best one. Some people told me it's okay like that, and then my uncle told me it was way too long and it sucked. Yeah, so. Mm. It, I heard it is really, really long. I've heard that like it drags, mm. but I don't know. That you you got to expect that from Tarantino. Though. Yeah, those are, are his movies. Yeah, yeah. Reservoir Dogs is still my favorite one, but I think I'm a, I'm a Pulp Fiction guy. I think yeah, when push Pulp comes to shove, good. yeah, Pulp Fiction's good. Um, good boys, huh? I actually hate. Uh, I'm so I live in the city. I live in Brooklyn. I hate going to the movies in the city. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's like crowded and it just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm used to like the full, like widespread movie theater experience. So, but I have been wanting to go to the movies soon. So, and it's also expensive. So, um, like everything in the city. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I might want to go see that. I've, it's been on the list. I'm actually shouting out a movie too. It's funny that you bring that up. Probably good for me that you're bringing it up just because I'm on a little bit of a movie binge right now. We've got a month and some change before the season, so I'm trying to pack it in, watch every single movie that I haven't seen over the last year. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. I'm really ripping through them right now. And um, I saw Sorry to Bother You, which I know is like a year and a half old. I finally got around to that about The Salesman, and damn, that's a weird movie. It's good. I would recommend it. Who's who's in that? Uh, I don't know who is in that. I'm not good with actors or directors, so I'm not. Gonna... I'm gonna. Yeah, I just it sounds familiar, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge. Name. I'm not a huge movie guy. Um. Oh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Yep. That's okay. Yep. Yep. I know, I know the one you're talking about. It's really good, but man, that is a like a movie of twists and like a lot of deeper meaning to it, which I like. It's like a psychological thriller, which is mm. one of my. I think that's probably up there with like superhero movies and um, and just like comedies. So that's my th- top three in terms of uh, in terms of, of, of genres. So yeah, I'd recommend that. It's really good. It's a trip. 
All right, I like it. We're turning it into a movie podcast I know. now. <laughs> um, this is the re the rebrand in episode two. Yeah, I'm cool. glad you brought up movies because I I was gonna either go with Good Boys or I was gonna brought up how I started Mindhunter yesterday. So mm. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to go like that way. I didn't know if you guys were talking about like your real personal lives or something i'm glad you brought up oh yeah (laughs) i I just i i literally like right before we got on the pod i was like looking at like pictures and snapchats of the puppy (laughs) as soon as random shout out i was like yeah i'll give cubby a shout out but no i I like i like the movies those those are good ones too nice um all right well let's i'm thinking we're gonna sign off we're we're getting up there in terms of time this is gonna be definitely a longer episode i think compared to some of our other ones but um i did want to thank everybody for listening um, if you're listening to this, we are available on iTunes, so give us a review there, uh, find, uh, which is awesome because I, uh, I I love Apple Podcasts. That's what I use. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I want to thank Chip for coming on. It's been really fun having you on. I uh, also want to thank Danny for doing an excellent job with the over-unders. You really made me think about the Nets in a lot of different ways, so I might get some article ideas out of this, which is always good at this time of year. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We should all do this again soon, the three of us. For sure. Yeah, for sure. thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. This was fun. Yes, yes. One, one of these uh, early, because the Knicks and Nets play like a million times yeah. like in the beginning of the season. Yep. We'll definitely we'll definitely get Chip back on and and uh, go to town on those games. Hash it out, um, for sure. But yeah, send send us a, uh, a review, you know, rating, whatever on iTunes. And uh, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next time.